Hello and welcome to another episode of the Nordic Web Podcast with myself, Neil Murray, and Carsten Deppert. Hi, Carsten. Hello, Neil. This week we are going to talk about Klarna and their new 2.25 billion valuation. We are going to talk Church Desk, who just raised two million. We're also going to talk about Camp Venn, an event that Carsten was involved in organizing. And we're going to get an update from his startup Mocho Mira as well. But we'll kick off with Klarna. That was obviously the big news that came out this week. And essentially, they sold some secondary shares or some, some insiders sold some shares to North Zone, Wellington Management, and Welcome Trust. I think it was about $80 million worth of stock. But yeah. what was interesting is that pushed their valuation up to two point, or it valued the company at $2.25 billion, which actually makes them Europe's fourth most valuable private VC-backed company. Of course, with Spotify first as well, that's two Swedish companies in the top four in Europe. Yeah, exactly. You did a post about that. It's really interesting having two from Stockholm on that list. So, yeah. so I, that's, yeah, really impressive, I must say. And have you dug into anything into this? Like, okay, what actually, because this wasn't like an insider deal or in that sense. So it was no new funding in that way. It's more like the owners selling options or shares they had. Exactly, yeah. Uh, Break It dug into the details a little bit, and basically what happened was that the co-founders decided not to exercise an option to turn their stock options into cash and instead offered them to investors, and then they used the proceeds to increase their own stakes in the business. So it's like a yeah, internal deal, but with outsiders coming in. I don't know the technical terms for that either. No, I think it's like a secondary secondary deal. I think that's the right term, or uh, at least a, a term which is perhaps good enough. But it's pretty crazy because their valuation was $1.4 billion when it raised $100 million, and that was last year. So it's pretty much a year later on, it's 61% higher, their valuation. Yeah. So they're obviously growing really fast still. Yeah, it's certainly a very good sign in that sense. And also, as I understand it, there's a, so instead of cashing out, the co-founders actually put more money into the yes. startup by this. Uh, so it's also a very good uh, sign that, okay, there's, I mean, they're definitely still believing in that there's a long way to go. So that's a really strong sign, I would say. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a good indication that they believe that they're still kind of almost at the beginning of a journey rather than at the end of one. Exactly. Um, that's, that's quite a large amount of money, which they could have been just, yeah, getting for their shares at this moment. Yeah, definitely. I, I saw that they also that they had booked about $300 million in sales from $7.8 billion in transactions. Uh, this mm. is in dollars last year. So like, there's a hell of a lot of money in this as well. As we've said before also, as well, this is fintech. And as soon as you're in the transaction business and you're in a in as Klarna and e-commerce or like online transaction, it easily gets to huge sums of money. So there's definitely a lot of money here. Definitely. Yes. I think what's interesting as well is that they become the fourth most valuable in Europe, but they also become the 42nd globally. And yeah, that's top pretty, 50 globally. Yeah, mm-hmm. top 50 globally for a company that not many people have probably heard of outside of Sweden, you know, a year ago. So it's pretty interesting. I'd imagine that that not too many in the US know them, for example, and now they're kind of, yeah, in the top 50 most valuable private companies in the world. That's true, that's true. I will be very interested to see how it goes for them in the US especially. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess that's the the next step, right? That's where they're, they're focusing on next. 
And of course, that's where they see that kind of, well, not untapped market, but the big market that they can tap into. Yeah. On a smaller scale, but a significant scale nonetheless, Copenhagen-based Church Desk, they raised 2 million funding to help churches go digital. Now, I've saw them pitch, I mean, it must have been a year ago, two years ago, something like that. And at the time, I thought it was a decent opportunity. It's one of those opportunities where it's kind of so niche that it's bound to do well at what it does. Um, But it's quite interesting that they got two million. Exactly. So Church Desk, I mean, there's a community tool or a sales force tool for churches, as far as I understood, which, of course, sounds like a really niche market. Uh, but of course, that's also because we're in the tech scene and we're not really into the church scene. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so there's, I mean, religion is obviously rather big and uh, a lot of people go to churches. So, of course, there's probably, as with all other kind of areas, huge amounts of money uh, in that niche market. Yeah, definitely. What I find amusing about it is that it's a Danish company and, like, uh, I think. Denmark must be uh, <laughs> one of the least religious countries that I know of. That's actually very true, very true. And uh, But I actually think that might also be one of the contributors to it actually emerging here. I mean, without a doubt, there's probably somewhere in the U.S. a similar um, startup. Yeah. I would be very surprised if there's no like startup in the U.S. doing, doing something like this. But I think the... Uh, like a, a, a part of the service is, is probably like a retention or community building. And I think that's just, that's much more important in Denmark because the religious community isn't very strong or it's, it's small. So like each person counts. You yeah. know, so I actually think that might be contributing to um, this need for these kind of tools. Yeah, I mean, what, that's what, just pure speculation from my side, but it would just—it wouldn't surprise me if there's actually something like that. Yeah, no, I, I think you are onto something there, and it's funny because in the the TechCrunch article announcing the funding, the CEO he says like it's really weird to read about a church in this way. He said we basically help the church engage their members to avoid churn and increase activity yeah. levels. <laughs> like it's really weird to like yeah use tech terms yeah, yeah, yeah. for like people true. going to church. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I kind of like that. Like, that's kind of a cool combination. Exactly. This would be interesting to know their like lifetime value of users <laughs> and church. Yeah. No, but it's it's very true. Mm. Yeah, I think they they're also looking towards Germany and the UK uh, from from outside of Denmark, and they they actually have a thousand churches has signed up to the platform already. So exactly. they're obviously experienced some pretty decent traction. Yeah. Um, no. If I remember correctly, like a, a year ago, they moved to the German market and the UK market as well. Uh, so I think there's, there, I mean, they, they have a product, they have found a way to uh, get users or get customers, uh, and now it's actually scaling. I mean, I think that here's actually a good advantage because uh, scaling in this, in always scaling in a niche, I would say, is always easier. Uh, because uh, the, the, there's a large interest in the niche from other countries automatically. Yeah. So, like, you have a higher value of just being in that niche, it may, even if you're in, in a completely different country. So, I think it's they will probably grow quite well just uh, the next couple of years, moving from market to market or country to country. Yeah, and if they haven't, uh, or and if there isn't this tool in the US, then they should definitely look there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Sure, and. Uh, 
You were pretty busy. I think it was last week, wasn't it? Because I was actually, I was in Denmark, but I wasn't able to come. But that was because I was in in the, the south of Denmark. But you were busy, or I believe, organizing or at least taking a, a big part in Camp Ven. So yeah. could you explain what that is? Yeah, so Camp Ven was um, an conference uh, which was organized by uh, one of my companies, Mindpark, a co-working space. And... Uh, the idea was rather simple. We said we wanted to do some uh, high value event for uh, entrepreneurship and startups in general, especially in like the region here, but more or less uh, interesting for anybody, for Nordics or for Europe in that sense. So the inspiration was to do an, uh, uh, from similar other events was to do an unconference to just make it rather easy to organize, but also high value to the participants and uh, do it kind of remotely. So. The effect became that we did it on Ven, which is a small island in the middle of the Öresund Strait. So it gets really like uh, symbolic, which is kind of very nice. You just, Ooh. whichever way you look, wherever you are on the island, as soon as you look towards land, you always see like either Copenhagen or Malmö or Helsingborg. Or, like you always see one of the cities. And that's very interesting. At the same time, it feels really remote. It feels like this, uh, yeah, it feels like the countryside, uh, but you always see the cities. In one way, so it's a cool location. And then we just booked the largest uh, like country in which there was on the island, fifty people, and then we invited yeah people we thought would be very interesting. So it was was a really good mixture of people as well. And how did it go? It went uh, actually. It went almost too good. Like everything went according to uh, planning and schedule. It was it was amazing. So, and, we, and it's the first time I've done a conference this time. The first time Mind Park and myself has done this kind of events. I hadn't been at the place myself. There was Sanna who runs Mind Park had been scouting where we, where we were going to be and where we will have the dinners and, and stuff like that. So I didn't really know where we would be either. And, uh, but it, it just went really great. Like the people, like on Friday, it was people showing up and uh, we focused on welcome and making everybody feel uh, um, able to talk to each other, just to introduce each other. Then on Saturday was four different sessions, all kind of topics, like, uh, of course, a little bit about investment and uh, business in, in those terms, but also about marketing or uh, about the ecosystem. I held a session about the future, which was kind of interesting as well. So like big topics, small topics uh, in that sense. And just every main just went really smoothly. And why, and, why did you do it? Um, I felt the need for something like this. There's a lot of startup events. I mean, especially in, in, in the Earth and region where it's like, uh, yeah, there's a lot of startup events. But there's very few like intimate startup events. And this is like as soon as... So the basic idea was to have two, two stayovers and to be remote so that people actually would need to be there. You can't... You, you, you go there and you need to be there for two days. Uh, yeah. And country in so it's small you you, sh you share rooms with either two people sharing a room or six people sharing a room and here you have i mean you have really successful serial entrepreneurs sharing room with somebody who's recently started their own company or who's actually an employee at some startup so it's this mixture you you want to have and really like everybody just feels at home uh, in one sense or another so the main reason was to actually connect people which know about each other or know about each other's startups, but have never really met in this kind of setting or in this way. Cool. So, yeah. That's, so, uh, and what about uh, Mochi Mira? Was that event benefit? <laughs> did that event benefit <laughs> your startup? Was it all a crazy plan to benefit Mochi Mira? 
That's what uh, I really no, want to know. No, no, no. <laughs> Actually, I don't. I, Get I, investors I stuck on an island. With yes, you. exactly. No, much more. There was there were a couple of business angels uh, at the event. So Eric Berenius, who built online pizza, Tommy Anderson, who built Ribertone, was there, and uh, some some others as well. And uh, actually, I pitched, uh, and, I, and I didn't even pitch Muchimera, I would say, actually, during the weekend. I pitched one of my other companies where we were raising money uh, to Eric at, like, 11.30 uh, Saturday night after a heavy dinner and drinking. Uh, <laughs> he has not invested yet. might be that he <laughs> won't do it either. We'll see. But that was fun in that sense. No, so Muchimera is going well. And on Friday, uh, at the same day as Camp Van actually started, we got our first customers or first customer, which was really, really great. The first customer is always, oh, we have had customers before on the old service. As I mentioned before, we, Muchomera is a fitness app where we actually acquired an existing company and redid it from a web service to a mobile service aimed at business-to-business -business customers. And uh, so we started our marketing uh, two weeks ago. And on Friday, the first week of marketing, we actually got our first customer which feels really great. It was actually a very good, it was a high value uh, customer. Like uh, order value was uh, 60,000 kroner. So that's okay. roughly 6,000 euro. That's yeah. a good order. I mean, we were, we're aiming at an order value of uh, 10 to 20,000 kroner. That's yeah. a good order value. So 60,000 is high order yeah. value. So Congratulations. It was really, yes, yes, really. And it was like an, uh, really nice. Just a good start for the weekend, of course. And also earlier because... Now that we've started with marketing in Mochimera, we're actually doing a campaign which ends the last of August. And from earlier experience, I'm expecting most people to like become customers at like yeah the last days in August when the deadline for the campaign ends. Uh, so this was really early in the campaign as well. So it felt really really great until uh, this yesterday actually this week where we actually lost the customer, which was yeah that was a real. Uh, <sighs> yeah, that a was a blow. Coaster. Yeah, so what happened was that the reason why this customer was high value was because they not just purchased the service, they also purchased uh, uh, Fitbit uh, uh, bracelets okay. yeah. with it. Yeah. So, of course, that increases the values, makes it less profitable, but still, it's nice to have a high value customer. But uh, so there, there were 40 people actually ordering Fitbits. Uh, but because it was kind of a short notice and they all wanted an advanced version of the Fitbit, we actually had to, uh, we didn't have them in stock in that sense. So, okay, actually, we don't have anything in stock at the moment. We will have things in stock in the future. So we didn't have anything in stock, so we needed to uh, dropship it from uh, uh, somebody else. And they were supposed to have them on Wednesday the latest because on Thursday they had their staff meeting where they were handing all of these out. And it turns out the uh, somehow... The order to the company we should drop ship it got messed up, so the, they put the wrong address on it. Uh, so it never arrived on Wednesday as it should. Okay. And this customer is a consultancy; though they only have all of their employees like gathered like once every three months. Yeah. So they said like, if we don't have them, we can't do it. So that was like, ah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, that enough. Was, yeah. That's incredibly frustrating. Yes, yes, yes. The worst thing is that you could, I could have double-checked. I mean, I got a tracking number for the order, so I could just have checked, okay, is it actually uh, on time? Or is there anything anything like, yeah, strange going on? Yeah. 
Um, so that's the most annoying part where, where I realized, yeah, would, should I, I, if I just would have like checked the, on Tuesday or on Wednesday morning, I could just have checked, okay, well, how's it going with the tracking number? Then I could have seen it and like prevented it. Uh, but uh, yeah. how did your investment meeting go or have you had more or where yeah is, so, so exactly so, so the startup which is it's a phase right now where we are like we're trying to onboard customers uh, which yeah same success I would say at the moment <laughs> and at the same time trying to approach investors uh, because the next phase will be to raise money so I've met uh, I talked about this last time I've met uh, uh, I talked to Northcap uh, I've uh, now uh, to pitch them the startup uh, and they fair I mean I didn't get a straight no I didn't get a straight oh yes this is <laughs> the best thing ever uh, so that's kind of okay I, I think so I'll, I will approach them again yeah uh, and the pitch right now is that uh, we will get these customers by the, this we will get 20 customers by the end of September yeah uh, and it's first it's only if we do that where we actually are valuable I would say because if you can't manage to get those customers then uh, there's no value in the startup anyway but it's also interesting just to have this approach a little bit like okay we know this is early and if you look at it right now you won't invest but we believe that we can show you in one or two months that you actually will do want to invest um so yeah we'll see but that's been, um, I haven't done that much more. I've tried to reach out. Okay, who else should I talk to? Which other investors should I talk to? But as you also know, August isn't always the best time. Still a little bit of vacation mode for a lot of people. Um, so it's so I haven't really got that many meetings. Most have been like, yeah, we should definitely talk, but uh, in one or two weeks. So the the two billion plus valuation, just like Klarna, is still in sight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yes. We're not really there yet. <laughs> Maybe one day. <laughs> cool. I think that's a, a good place to wrap up. So yeah, as usual, uh, you can uh, listen to this on iTunes, SoundCloud. Um, give us your feedback. Uh, let us know what we should be talking about. What you'd like us to talk about. Find us on Twitter at Neil S W Murray at Carsten DC. It's the nordicweb.com. Carsten writes about startups in the Ersten region on ersenstartups.com. That's it. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Carsten. Thank you, Neil. <laughs>